You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is series six, episode number eight for Tuesday, uh, January the 16th, 2024. A, a very frigid J.J. Sefton, and I don't mean that in sexual terms, but in temperature terms, J.J. Sefton reporting from the uh, Midwest here, along with my good friend, my co-blogger and colleague, uh, CBD. CBD, good morning, sir. Good morning. Actually, it's it's early afternoon here in uh, in equally frigid uh, northern New Jersey. It's actually not that cold. It's about uh, 20 degrees, and it's fine. Um, we're getting some light snow, uh, nice and fluffy and white, and um, people are being stupid on the roads, which is always amusing. Um, but yeah. as, as I've mentioned many, many times in the past, I really enjoy winter. So, uh, you know, what the hell? What I, I did have an interesting uh, experience, um, courtesy of Boeing. Uh, okay. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was supposed to fly down to Florida to visit some relatives and, um, I get a, a, a text message from United, uh, the day before saying, well, you're going to Cleveland, which I thought was rather interesting of them since I didn't really want to go to Cleveland. So we had to go to, uh, Florida via Cleveland, uh, had a nice uh, two hour layover in, uh, Cleveland International Airport, um, oh, which was quite empty, which uh, which surprised me a little bit. Um, I don't know what that means uh, economically. Uh, it might always be empty, but um, well, that was, that's interesting because in you know, and 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 this is again, we're sort of this is our want to do to veer into these topics. Chicago O'Hare is packed, and it's not with travelers; it's with. Um, migrants which uh this brandon johnson schmuck is 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 letting them making them decamp literally in the airport terminals so i'm surprised cleveland is empty bring them to cleveland <laughs> well you know something good uh people people vote hard left even if they don't really pay attention that's what they're doing and uh, all of a sudden they reap the fruits of their uh of their many many years of voting and uh you know give me more of that america mm-hmm. has to have the chaos of a progressive government before it can recover. Uh, Maybe not the United States, but uh, certainly the many states and the various municipalities that just love their progressivism Um, right up until uh, there's crime and there's dirt on the streets and the garbage isn't picked up and uh, houses fill up with uh, 19 illegal aliens uh, living seven to a room. Um, But, uh, you know, as I yeah, they got, said, the past we need the chaos. It, that's it, right. It, up. You are right. They've they've got to get it good and hard. And there's got to be the tipping point whereby all these people who constantly vote Democrat, thinking it's party of JFK and and uh, and FDR. I mean, they were bad enough, but that's another story. But thinking it's some you know just a regular just business as usual, and they're getting this. Hopefully, at some tipping point, the scales will fall from their eyes. Please God. And at least a good portion of them will finally realize, man, this is what I've been voting for for all these years and uh, uh, no more, n- no mas. And uh, in any case, until that point, uh, yesterday, as uh, as we all know, was uh, the big Iowa caucuses. And uh, Donald Trump uh, did not surprise really anyone. He literally, I think he had a record-breaking win despite the cold record, re- despite the cold, uh, record-breaking cold there. He had a record-breaking win. Uh, for re- Republican caucuses or primaries in Iowa, uh, 
in his margin of victory over both DeSantis and Haley. So the question is, as we discussed CB, CBD before we went on the air, you see I'm freezing. I can't even talk. My words are freezing in my mouth. But as we discussed before going on the air, um, you know, Trump's foibles are still Trump's foibles, regardless of the fact that he is probably going to be the the nominee going forward. And uh, what, do, what do we do about that? What does he do about it? Well, I don't think he, he's going to do anything about it. Um, that's my my most fervent dream is that that uh, Donald Trump wakes up one day and becomes a gentleman and becomes a statesman and becomes uh, the man who can guide the the political philosophy of the United States for the next 10 years. But he isn't going to do that. And I'm resigned to our fate. And that is that we have a we have a, a curmudgeonly blowhard who happens to do the right thing every once in a while. And, you know, listen, I'm, I'm going to vote for him. There's no way I would, I'd vote for anybody other than Donald Trump, unless he doesn't get the, the nomination. And if he doesn't get the nomination, it's because he's in jail and because, or because the Supreme court has ruled that he is not eligible to be, to run for the presidency of the United States. And at that point, uh, all bets are off. Um, that, that sort of thing, I think is, is, could be not is but could be a catalyst for a civil war whether a violent civil war or a civil civil war i do not know well that for sure would be a you know and we've crossed many a rubicon until i have said i'm totally rubiconed out but that is a that is one big ass rubicon to cross and as you say cbd whether it leads to uh, some sort of, uh, either, God forbid, violent or nonviolent change in the direction of this country, uh, regardless of elections, so on and so forth. It remains to be seen. But that you would, are right. All bets would be off. At that point, you just have to kind of throw up your hands and say, well, what the hell does all of this mean any, anymore? If they could literally concoct these ridiculous charges and insane charges against Donald Trump. Yeah, whatever you want to say about him personally. I mean, he's the most He's probably the least corrupt individual who's, who's ever held president, held, held, the, held the office of president or any office there, you know, certainly compared to someone like a Joe Biden or, or the Clintons. My God. And yet he, it's the, the, the mirror universe of what's going on is just absolutely, you know, it, it's, it's dumbfounding in its, in its magnitude. But yeah, that would be it. And uh, on a positive note, he made a very conciliatory, you know, sort of victory speech. And when he, he seemed to be throwing his hands open to both DeSantis and Haley, for whatever that's worth, or whoever, to say it's time for us to unify, it's time for us to beat back the, the corruption and so on and so forth. And he did sound relatively conciliatory. Uh, is that going to last? Uh, who knows? But hopefully it does last. And if the writing is on the wall, then, you know, it, it would behoove everybody really to, uh, you know, get behind him. And sort of try to steer him right in doing the right things and, and moving forward towards the election. But again, they're on the path. The deep state is on the path for throwing him in the, in jail. And well, like Eugene B. Debs, he could still run for president. But then what would it mean at that point? Well, that's, the, the, you know, these caucuses and these these primaries, I think, serve a, a purpose, even if the the nominee is is known in advance. And l- let's not pretend Trump's going to be the nominee, as I said, unless he's in jail. Um, but I think that Ron DeSantis can push him in in the correct direction in terms of the quality of his administration, doing the right thing, 
the smart way, not just the, uh, you know, the the bombastic blowhard that we have in Donald Trump. Um, Nikki Haley, I don't know. You know, maybe she can do a bump and grind on, on stage and because uh, that's pretty much the only thing she's worth. I'm really disappointed in, in Nikki Haley. Um, she made some nice noises, um, certainly about Israel. I like her stance, uh, but pretty much everything else. She's she's this corporate Republican, you know, who's who's constantly triangulating her words. And I find that distasteful. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Ramaswamy uh, tossed in the towel, um, which is too bad. I like him. He's he's quite articulate. Uh, he goes after the the press, the media hammer and tongs, which just thrills me. I love that kind of stuff. Um, no, oh, and, and, and listen, the, the, the crushing news is that Asa Hutchinson has has withdrawn from the race. Oh. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Oh my God! Oh, I know, I know. You see, uh, it is. <laughs> yes, you know, him and Crisco Christie. I mean, they're 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 the saviors of uh, of America. You know, Greek Greece and poles. Uh, meet, you know, whatever. I don't know what the what the tippy canoe and uh, and tip me over to Asa Hutchinson. What a what a total freaking fraud that guy is. But in, in any event, you are right about Ramaswamy. People are keep sort of kind of smearing him that. He's connected to George Soros. And I'm saying, you know something? I looked it up. He's not connected to George Soros. He's connected to his brother, Peter Soros, who I don't know what his politics are, but it was not even a connection. It was he won some sort of a scholarship or, or whatever it is. And everyone's saying, oh, World Economic Forum and uh, Davos and this and that. But you know something? Ramaswamy has been sending out, throwing out the red meat, like since almost the, the moment he announced his candidacy. And he's saying really all the right things. And you are right, CBT. He knows exactly how to how to beat the ever-loving shit out of the media who deserve it. And uh, DeSantis is also quite good at that. And DeSantis is, um, I don't know if she's still with him or not, his former press secretary, Christina Peshaw. All of those guys are really great at handling the media and just giving it back to them. And this is something where, of course, Nikki Haley lacks because she has no, you know, she doesn't, she, she talks out of the side of her mouth because she's triangulating and she doesn't necessarily disagree with the globalists. I mean, yeah, she's, she's good about Israel, but on so many other things, I mean, I mean, how, how hard was it for her to say that, that a man is a man and a woman is a woman? She didn't when confronted say it. By she didn't yeah, say, she didn't it. say it. I think yeah. right there, she is disqualified. Now, listen, Donald Trump uh, is wishy-washy about the whole transgender thing. You know, he mm. tries to make the right noises, but he doesn't. And that disturbs me greatly. However, I think the real power to control transgender lunacy in this country uh, lies in the states. So I, I don't think yes. that uh, that Donald Trump is going to be a malign influence if he does uh, get the nomination and he does win the presidency again. Um, hopefully he will do something about the military and toss them out again. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, um yeah, that's that's I mean, the one red meat that he threw out the other day was like, uh, you know, ramping up the greatest uh, you know, rounding up of illegal aliens and deportations in history. That right there. I mean, I'll vote for you right there, Donald. You have me at hello. And and God, God willing, you can actually pull that off because that is the I think that is going to be the issue along, obviously, with the economy. And those two things are tied at the hip, the, the, the crashing economy and the illegal alien invasion that will theoretically at least, you know, put him over the edge, or hopefully give him enough to beat the cheat if uh, if it comes to that. And that's a cru that's a crucial thing. Agreed. Yeah, and Greg so, Abbott, by the way, is also aces on that. We we talked about this the the confrontation between the state of Texas and the federal government over 
the authority to put up razor wire, the authority to arrest people. And, you know, it's a, that's, that's a real sort of a potential. Yes. But, but we, three people drowned because of, of Abbott. Oh no. What's that? Yeah. I said, Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. You know something people drown all the time. These people are illegal aliens. They enter countries illegally, not just the United States. I think five people drowned uh, in the channel uh, a couple of days ago, trying to get to England. Uh, listen, this happens when you break the law. Shit happens. I'm sorry. I don't feel badly for them. And I, that exactly. sounds horrible. It sounds cruel. It sounds nasty. It sounds inhumane, but tough shit. You know, exactly. Follow yeah, and the these, rules and we'll welcome you. And um, by the way, the, the fault wasn't even Abbott's and it wasn't even it was, the you know, the Border Patrol was trying to, you know, the, they, were, they were trying to bl- blame Abbott for this. And the fact is, it was supposedly it was the Mexican government that had the first access to saving these people and they didn't do jack shit and if you're but ultimately you're right cbd it's personal responsibility if you are going to play stupid games you're going to win stupid prizes like trying to cross the rio grande to get in, in a dangerous point and you'll drown and it's your fault for doing this yes 100 yeah. percent. yes this is you know bl- blaming the victim is just a wonderful thing mm-hmm. they they're doing it with israel you know no. oh you know israel is being too tough on uh, on on gaza and hamas in spite of the fact that Israel just underwent uh, an unbelievable attack, a pogrom, uh, the likes of which Judaism has not, Jews have not seen since 1945 under the Nazis. And, well, gee, I guess that's too bad, huh? But, but we shouldn't be mean. Israel should not be mean to the Palestinians. Puff. Right. It's, it's, it's literally, again, it's topsy-turvy world. It's turning the, the perpetrators into the victims and yep. vice versa. It's absolutely, you know, it's absolute sanity, but it's par for the course, no matter where you go, that this is what diversity, equity, inclu- and inclusion does. It makes white people as oppressors and uh, black people as uh, victims, no matter what they do, whether it's, uh, you know, plagiarizing and, and uh, so on and so forth of Claudine Gay. Or if you rob a convenience store and shoot someone, it's because, uh, you know, your great grandfather was a slave and you have the right to do that because uh, you, as re- as uh, reparations. Or, or, and believe me, people have that attitude in, uh, you know, all, all over the not all over the country, but certainly in the in the blue shithole, uh, you know, bastions of San Francisco, New York and and so on and so forth. But it's madness. Absolute madness. So I, I wrote a piece for Cut Jib Newsletter and also Ace of Spades, um, and I titled it, Is America Dead and We Just Don't Know It? Uh-huh. And I was, um, I, I think I was probably a little bit pessimistic, but I think that that's an attitude that we need to examine, that we are we are being passive in, 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 in spite of this existential attack on our borders and our way of life. And we need to wake up. This is it, it. We can't put we can't kick this can down the road anymore. We have to respond. And, you know, the Republicans have responded by saying, oh, sure, let's let's get more immigration now. But yeah, exactly. yeah. It, it's it's madness. It really I mean, we spoke with I guess it was Scott McKay. And I guess we have to have him on the on the program again to talk about his buddy uh, who is now the Speaker of the House, uh, Rep. Johnson. But um yeah, this is really disappointing news that it's just, you know, the band playing on more continuing resolutions, more budgets. And, uh, you know, we'll give you aid for we'll give you aid for for Ukraine, which is ridiculous. And it, as a trade off for giving some amnesty to some of the illegal aliens, which is total shit, which means that we'll, we'll get none of it. And, you know, it's the mine, the gold mine in the shaft. They're going to get the gold and we'll get the shaft as, as is the, the usual 
par for the course. But this notion of are we gone and we don't know it is something that I've been sort of, you know, saying we're sort of we're in we're in a zombie world where we sort of go about these, you know, the the the, the motions of regular order and elections, and it's just you know it's hardball politics, and maybe it's a little more hardball than usual, but. Man, we we are this country is is changing right before our eyes almost on a daily basis now with all of these depredations. And you're right, CBD, something has to be done. And unfortunately, the only thing we can do is, I guess, at the moment is go through the motions of, you know, electing, uh, trying to elect the president and trying to elect, uh, you know, other people down the road and and perhaps even going and volunteering to, to run for school board and so on and so forth. But it's, you know, we're just the avenues of that we are able to fight back. I mean, legally and peacefully are narrowing and it's an ever narrowing window. And at some point it's going to be, you know, we're going to have a Hobson's choice of, of, of what to do. And it's the devil and the deep. Absolutely. Uh, William Butler Mm -hmm. Yates wrote about this. Uh, You know, you can, you can read into his poem, the second coming in whatever way you wish, but uh, you know, he, he, he wrote that. Hold on. The best lack all conviction while the worst are full of passionate intensity. And that is what we have right now. There is no conviction in the among the people who understand what is going on and know what can be done about it. And that frustrates right. me to no end. And you just described it, you know, w- walking like zombies through our world, through, through the United States. It's, it's terrible. We we are simply ignoring the problem. Exactly. I mean, it's and, and part of the thing is, though. And I, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's a positive thing. I think a lot of people do realize it, but we're sort of, you know, we're handcuffed while the left is able to do anything and everything they want by any means necessary, so on and so forth. We have to obey the rules. And when we obey the rules, it's the rules of a corrupt system where they're the agents of the left occupy judgeships and Supreme Court positions and the Senate, the Congress, law enforcement, the FBI and everything we try to do legally like protest uh, leads to our arrest for being a, an insurrectionist or a terrorist, or we, we get put on a terror watch list. So it's those things that, you know, they're almost in a way forcing us to do things that we really don't want to do, but that God forbid at some point we may very well have to do. And I'll just leave it to the imagination for the well, listeners. Let, to figure out let, what I'm let's saying. not leave it to the imagination. You know, Seth, right. you, you and I have been relatively careful about uh, avoiding discussions of, of possible violence. Um, in response to the violence from the left and the destruction of our our principles um, from the left, and I think that it is time to yeah. to address that. Not not in specific terms, obviously, but America is being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And yes, we are still zombies. But what is going to happen when those zombies awaken? What is going to happen when? People say, wait a second, what the hell is going on in my country? How how is the the you know the the silent majority or the you know however you want to describe the people who are who are disconnected from the day-to-day politics of the country, how are they going to respond when they wake up and they see what's going on in, in their kids' schools and they see what's going on at work? You know, uh D, what is it, DEI? Yeah, DEI, DIE. Yeah, DEI yeah. is destroying many, many corporations. Thank you very much, Boeing. Um, yeah. You know, how, how, is, how is America going to respond? I don't know yeah. the answer. And, I, you know, can I well, say that part of me hopes that there is a, there is a physical pushback? 
Am I allowed to say that on my own podcast? Yes, I think sure, I am. Absolutely. Well, for now you are until, you know, yes. Merrick Garland comes and arrests you for inciting a revolution and so on and so forth. I mean, Donald Trump could, could, could be on the, you know, on the lawn of, you know, the, the Capitol or whatever it is and, and, uh, you know, tell people to fight. And they say, oh, he's calling for an insurrection when he just, obviously it's a rhetorical turn of a phrase, but no, it's when they control the language and they can tell you what something means and they control the law, then it's like I say, all bets are off. I mean, if you and I, let's just say hypothetically, that the CBD, J.J. Sefton, uh, Popular Front for the Liberation of America, that should make a few heads explode. Uh, we want to form <laughs> our own, let's say we want to form our own militia, as we can do, and we're going to be ready and reform, you know, or something like the Proud Boys or whoever it is, you know, not this, you know, the, the guys in khaki with the, you know, the, the sham, the sham opposition. But we do that. I mean, we're going to we are going to be set upon so fast by the Department of Justice. It'll make our freaking head swim. And all we're doing is forming. I mean, geez, look what they did to the Tea Party, to these 501c3 corporations who wanted to, you know, after in the wake of the 2010 election of the midterms were fighting back against Obama. He sicked the IRS on them and, and, and so on and so forth. So it's a real it's a real interesting situation and i don't mean that in, i mean that in the red chinese the chinese of interesting times way so what can we do violence is not unknown in american politics uh you know you look back in our history and it has occurred uh it okay. has occurred in fits and starts but certainly the the last time it occurred was the the summer what, what do you call the summer of uh of floyd well, uh, that was the that was the summer of love to Dresden Boogaloo. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, you know the '60s and early '70s had its its share of violence, um, and you go back uh, in, into the '30s with the um, the violence of well perpetrated primarily by the Communist Party. Um, yeah, but uh, well, we are we are well, not well, a we are not always a peaceful yeah. political machine in the United States. No, but the, the the salient point, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that all the political violence and all of these extreme acts have been, I would say, 99.999% of the time perpetrated by the organized left. Now, someone in the audience is going to yell, but Timothy McVeigh. Well, let me tell you something. Timothy McVeigh was not organized, was with nobody. Everybody disavowed him. Nobody wanted anything to do with this fucking psycho, regardless of what his motives were. And yet we get tarred and feathered for that. I and remember, we ga- and, we, and we gassed him a couple of years after, right? And we gassed right him and I think Terry Nichols or whatever, I mean, who knows? right? And rightfully so. But the thing is, every time a leftist like the FALN or whoever it is bombs the the real insula- insurrection, bombs the Capitol. Every time they they shoot it up, I think it happened under the Truman administration. Every time the weathermen do these things and so on and so forth. It just sort of gets sloughed off as eh, just some, you know, some hippies and some anarchists and blah, blah, blah. And so and it means nothing. And it means everything. The 2020 riots were anarcho-terrorism writ large. The government let them as what that 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 Stephanie Rawlings Blake or whoever that 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 other diversity hire was in Baltimore, giving oh, them yeah. the space to the space to destroy. You know, they literally Donald Trump and his team had to literally be, you know, whisked away to the basement of the White House because they were about to scale the fence, which, by the way, just happened yesterday with these so-called Palestinian protesters. They wanted to break into the White House. That sounds very insurrectiony to me. Absolutely. And but all these all of these things, 
if you want to trace it back, organized political terrorism is the strict, uh, and I will argue it, not as the 100% strict purview of the American left that, that always has been and always will be. People on our side do not want these things. We just want to be left alone. And at some point, you ain't going to be leaving us alone, especially when our bank accounts are gone and we have no gasoline and we're starving and we're freezing and you want to uh, you know, turn our children into sex slaves. Then we're going to come after you and then you got to be careful. So what's, what's going to happen? You know, there, there's a there's a, a small well, let's face it, folks. Uh, America is is overwhelmingly in support of Israel and overwhelmingly Zionist and overwhelmingly uh, pro Semite. Um, but there is a small core in the in in America that is rabidly Jew hating and uh, is it despises Joe Biden because of his his ridiculously tepid support for Israel. What is going to happen in November 2024? Are these people going to have an effect on the on the election? Could be. I mean, they're claiming that they're going to stay home. I mean, yeah. who, who? I mean, how much of a forget about the Muslim uh, contingent? It's all the leftists who are now pissed off at Joe well, Biden. The thing is, we can't, we, yeah, we can't forget about the Muslim contingent because uh, look at Dearborn. That's a, that's, that's a huge voting block. Can we can we can the Republican Party take Michigan because of the uh, the, the strong Palestinian, the, the powerful Palestinian vote in Michigan staying home? Wouldn't that be great? It won't happen, well, folks. I'm just they, I'm just talking here. Yeah. Yeah. Dana Nessel and Wretched Whitmer are going to deliver that state. Yeah, I mean, unless some, some sort of freak thing happens, they are going to deliver that state because the, the you know, the voting, the voting, uh, there's no election security at all. The mail in voting. We know that was I think it was the Wayne County Center. That's where the, the you know, the the the, uh, the observers were kicked out and the, and the, uh, the windows were taped over. And then, a, a, you know, UPS 18 wheeler was trucked in with ballots. I mean, it's ridiculous. So that's going to happen. But had it not been for the 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 uh, invasion of Israel, the pogrom, the Muslim community in in Dearbornistan and in Michigan was up in arms over the other key issue that I think is going to drive uh, elect, election turnout, and that is the sexualization and of our children, the whole homosexual, transsexual pedophilia pro pedophilia movement in this country and the muslims in those communities are not on board with that crap regardless of whether they're democrats not democrats whatever they are they were up in arms about that and in a way it's i mean for you know for you know not not to be whatever about it flippant about it but it's too bad that 10-7 happened because that alone could you know, could sway the Muslims not to vote, uh, not to vote Democrat. And that's a powerful thing. But after 10-7, of course, the, the Jew hatred uh, trumps, so to speak, uh, you know, the, that whole thing. Yeah. All right, let's take a little bit of a break and we will come back with uh, a bit of a wrap. We are back for the final segment. It's going to be a, a brief segment. And in that vein, uh, the, the, the word dwarf comes to mind or midget, if I can say that. Um, there was a, a ruling, I believe, from, you know, speaking about diversity, equity and inclusion, that uh, the FAA, which is also under the purview of our wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, transportation secretary, Mayor Butt, <laughs> has now issued edicts to try to hire 
uh, as many people as possible that are diverse, that are like not white and not competent. And one of them, one of these things was from the uh, Disabilities Act, you want to hire people who are basically cripples, mental defectives and dwarfs. It's <laughs> uh, Folks, going, he's not he's not joking. I'm reading I'm from the joking. FAA website. They include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. Fucking A. That's just what we need. I want a psychotic dwarf flying my fucking planes. That's it. We need we need a quadriplegic Ted Bundy <laughs> uh, guiding the airplane. I, you know, just stick a fork in us now. <laughs> just we are fun. This is fucking clown boner world. We are fundamentally unserious. I mean, it's one thing for freaking Claudine Gay. I guess it's bad enough for a completely incompetent woman who literally does not have the the acuity to to wash a blackboard, let alone be a professor or the or the, the president of Harvard. That's almost that's somewhat relatively harmless. But when you extrapolate these mad, crazy insanities from the you know from the faculty lounge into the real world. There are real world consequences. And CBD, you and I talked before we were on the air about, uh, you know, you were, you were chuckling about going down to Florida in, in Boeing. And there was a, an airliner that had the window blown out. You're going, who the hell is designing these airplanes? Who the hell is, you know, tra- the air traffic control and guiding the airplanes? And these are all we are reaping the whirlwind of diversity, equity and inclusion. I mean, it's this is this is not good. You know, not good. Not good at all. But the but the, the idea that that we accept intellectual disability as as a real disability that warrants exceptional hiring practices is fucking insane. It's just nuts. Well, and, well, and, well, and that's you know, how do you justify that? How do you go before before a uh, an FAA uh, board and say, well, you know, the the air traffic controller was a retard, but he was short. <laughs> So that's why we hired him, and that's why those two planes crashed. Hey, what the hell? I don't know. It, folks, I'm sputtering because I don't know what the hell to say about this. Well, look at it this way. When you have uh, Joe Biden, who is uh, basically has the intellectual agility of rotten yogurt. I mean, I guess that's redundant. but And he's in the White House. I mean, you can debate how he got there. You know, it's, it's, it's just – it's mind-boggling. We are literally – this is this is how societies crumble. It's amazing to see the greatest society on earth literally crumbling into ruin right before our eyes when you have this little, you know, segment of madness, this little example. And you can extrapolate that to almost any company. And God forbid the medical schools are doing this. Um, there was a class I, I reported about this. I think it was at Rice University. And it was the I guess it was the chemistry of social justice. And I'm going, I, I shit you not. And I'm going. You know, you know, if you're going to somehow argue these things or, or teach these things, we are everything is going to fall apart, and there's not going to be anybody to repair it. And then, and then, uh, you know, then really all bets are off. But uh, oh, what a world! What a sick freaking world we have. You know, as I as I approach my senescence, I'm I'm going to be much more careful choosing the people who assist me. That means, you know, physicians and dentists and even car mechanics. I, I don't know what the hell. But do you remember um, in Bonfire of the Vanities? Did you read that? Yes, long time ago, though. Yeah, I remember. Um, God, uh, Sherman McCoy was was the character. I don't remember 
anything else about it. But he he got thrown into jail and you know, they're talking about finding a lawyer. And apparently uh, the, the the tone in these in these New York City jails is, you know, or at least used to be, you know, get get the Jew attorney. Well, that's how I'm going to see. I'm that's how I'm going to approach the world now. Because I'm right. so terrified of this affirmative action bullshit. I'm so terrified that intellectual disability is going to become the most important qualification to be a to, to be anything. I mean, the la- the last thing I want to do is uh, you know to look over you know and see it you know when I'm getting my getting a colonoscopy or getting my prostate uh, whatever and see some guy who is uh, you know and I hate to be racist about it and this is this is literally what I believe. I don't know if it was Shelby Steele or Thomas Sowell who quoted the, the, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yes. When you look at somebody, when you look at a black person, and believe me, when I look at like someone like Clarence Thomas, you know he's got the minerals to be where he is. But now you look at someone like a Kentanji Brown 25, and there's no freaking way that she has the minerals to be where she is. And it's not even a question of her politics. She's a total diversity hire, and that's all it is. Same thing with Claudine Gay. Same thing with all of these people. And it's just, you know, it's it, it's a terrible thing. It's it's really this. This is what the most insidious thing about this thing is. It, it The meritocracy is what we should have been promoting and what we were promoting for many, you know, really since the very beginning until this was turned upside down and on its ear because of so-called white supremacy. And, uh, you know, affirmative action needs to redress these crimes from the past and, and so on and so forth. I pointed it out. I think if you remember the Baki case from 1978 on affirmative action, it yep. turned out that, and I forgot the, the James Baki, uh, I forgot his name. Baki was this white guy who was not, who was denied admittance to, I believe it was the UCLA medical school. Uh, and UC he, Davis. UC Davis. And there was a black candidate that was put in his place. Uh, ultimately, years later, we find out that Baki was a very successful, became a very successful doctor after the key won the case. And the, it turns out that the black guy who was who was put ahead of him uh, became like a a, a quack uh, plastic surgeon, and he botched several surgeries, and he ultimately died in a failed carjacking. So, I mean, what does that tell you? It, it tells me that payback's a bitch. Payback is a bitch, but anyway, friends, I think uh, I think we've uh, we've exhausted all our topics for the day. So I think we'll wrap it up right here. This has been the Cut Jib Newsletter uh, Speaks podcast. JJ Sefton here, along with CBD. We will see you over the weekend for the extended version, and we look forward to that. Thanks again for your support. Hitting the tip jar. See you on the weekend, folks. Thanks for listening, and I, I apologize for sputtering like a moron. Uh, but uh, I, I'm quite exercised this morning. I'm going to go uh, go outside and shovel some snow. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening. Yeah, we-